Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aristocratics Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wallace, and today we've got two special guests. Hello, I'm uh, Simon Sale. I'm a rope artist, and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> and? Hi, my name is Ten, or Ten and Jails. Um, I am a rope artist as well. I'm a bottom. Excellent. So great to have you guys here. And uh, uh, part of the reason that you're here is you're going to be in our upcoming February 2024 show here in uh, downtown Los Angeles. So we're excited yes. to have you there. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your performance will be. So uh, we are planning to do different things, probably not the same thing every night, but we will focus on Japanese uh, rope bondage, uh, suspension, dynamic suspensions um, with rope. But then maybe also just like more decorative stuff. Um, everything that involves rope, I guess. Very cool. And how did you get into doing... And this, this is called Shibari, right? Yes. How, how did you get into Shibari? Well, I guess I was always kind of interested in the like BDSM world. Mm -hmm. But for a long time, like because of relationships and everything, um, I, I did not pursue it. But once I started and I just saw pictures, I guess, and was wondering, oh, what's that? And as soon as I tried it out, I realized, yes, that's that's for me. And <laughs> so it wasn't that you were watching cartoons as a kid and you'd see the guy getting tied up to the, the no. railroad tracks and thought, that's for me. <laughs> well, you know, in retrospect, when you look back, you're always like, oh, I like this as a kid. I like this as a kid. But you never know. Is this actually related? Sure. But yeah, I started it more as a private thing, but then with photography, it became more of a, of an expression overall, not just in private. It's very cool. And how long have you been doing it now? Um, I think I'm approaching 10 years. Wow. I think I started 2014. Yeah. That's really cool. And then um, with the Shibari, I guess, how do you get started? How do you progress through it? How, how how does it work exactly? Well, I mean, it's very different today than it was like 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, there wasn't that much around. It, like you got some books, some DVDs, stuff online started to like become popular. So yeah, I started with DVDs and books and just doing it. But then once well i did some private lessons back in switzerland so i'm from switzerland but once i came here like i had the opportunity to learn from like japanese teachers and yeah get really into it and get it from the source which was very nice it's yeah. fascinating and then ten you also are involved with the shibari world how did you get into this um my trajectory is actually a bit shorter um, I'm, I guess, relatively, you know, quote unquote new um, as like I haven't it's been about I think I'm approaching like three years, which sounds crazy because it feels like it's been a part of my life for so much longer. Um, I mean, I guess similar to Simon, um, I had a partner years ago. Um, he, he was a sailor and like, you know, in the bedroom type um, kinky stuff, but I, I wouldn't call his rope probably technically shibari i mean some of the patterns th there it was pattern based but um yeah it started as like you know private bedroom play um there was i was always it, like interested in subcultures like i was i was 
very goth child. Um, so I was in, I guess like, which becomes, you know, kink and BDSM adjacent, you know, those two worlds. Um, so I remember being intrigued by rope. I think I bought a book actually with the intention to tie, um, as opposed to be tied. And I think I opened it and like looked at it for like two seconds and then it was on my <laughs> bookcase for forever. It wasn't, it was, it was like an American, I don't even remember. It was like some American mm. rope book. Um, and, uh, yeah, it wasn't really until the pandemic and I, um, w- I was able to finally not go to work. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, moved fully into the space of like full time, um, model and performance artist essentially and you know there was nothing to do during the pandemic but be on instagram and like i was i would scroll through these accounts i would see rope um and i either someone reached out to me or i reached out or maybe it was a combination of the two and i had like my first rope experience it was just um floor play and a photo shoot and then we did some wax also and i was like Oh my God. I'm, you know, my whole world broke open. Um, I am an aerialist. Uh, so naturally I was very interested in being suspended and that, um, just, I just started like devouring every kind of rope opportunity that I could, um, reached out to so many people. Simon, um, was like way up there on the top of my list. And, you know, I I would literally just message people and be like, do you want to tie? Um, and was so fortunate to work with a lot of really great people. I think Simon Simon was like probably the second person to suspend me. Like we met very like probably the third person to tie me. Um, and then we, I mean, at yeah, at the time I, all I was doing was making art. So we and I, nude art at that. Like I would definitely categorize myself as like you know an art nude model. Um, and that's my favorite style and way to shoot. And that's what that's what Simon's work reflected as well. So, and then we started, um, working on a lot of performance opportunities together as well. We were really lucky. Um, and that's our story. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. So with, um, with doing this, like what kind of goes into the performance, how, what, what's sort of the story that the uh, performance tells? I mean, I mean, it can be a, n- a number of different things. We've done a lot of different styles of performance. Um, I've also educated in rope performance. I've been very lucky to educate with some um, very talented people internationally. Um, so narrative naturally is very important. Um, so I think that, you know, we aim to, I mean, at least for so much of, of Shabar, I think is about connection, obviously. Hello. Um, so there's the, you know, connection between you and your partner. A lot of the performances that we've done actually did have a greater narrative. Like when we, you know, work, we work with the house of red velvet. There's, (laughs) I think the first performance we did, we probably spent more time thinking about what the heck story we were telling than actually rehearsing this piece. Um, but that's a different style of performance entirely. I think that was more like choreographed dance piece that incorporated rope so it really just kind of depends i'll let you yeah i think it depends like a lot of people do like very active rope so that it's not like you're not completely tied as the model so they have some freedom when it goes more like it becomes a mixture of aerial and actual shibari i would say my style is more 
restrictive. So, I mean, how usually uh, a suspension performance goes, it's, it's like three parts. It was like the first act is on the floor being tied. Then the second act is going into the air, like um, being different positions, like creating shapes while in the air. And then the third and final act is coming down and being untied. And I think there's like like a wave, like a progression of intensity, like first like being restricted, then like you have all this tension while you are suspended, you have all the weight on you, mm-hmm. and then the release of coming down and out. And when, when you're doing this, the point uh, isn't to harm the other person or... And no. Make them uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, not at all. Like, uh, I mean, we are very risk aware, and of course, it's dangerous. Like, people can get injured, like, badly. But we are aware of that, and we have a risk profile where we say, okay, that's that's in our risk profile. We are willing to do that and take that risk. Mm-hmm. But there's always a risk, and stuff can happen. But we try everything in our power to. Yeah, to keep it safe and not harm anyone and that it stays consensual and enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Would you say, um, being the person that gets hung up, that it is uncomfortable, it's comfortable, it's somewhere in the middle? What What's the experience like? I mean, at a certain point, I think that it's about identifying, um, the, you know, your own identity as a bottom, um, as the receiver of um the rope um a lot of us do lean towards masochism um so there's an element of obviously like pain is pleasure um but there's a difference between you know there's good pain and there's bad pain um uh yeah i mean i'm acutely aware of like my body and what's happening i also um like to communicate <laughs> <So> <laughs> i um you know, rope space is a thing. Um, I don't typically, or I don't always go there. I don't even know where that is. Where, what is rope space? What do we do when we go there? Um, so I'm very, it's very easy for me to communicate when I'm in rope and to let someone know what's going on. Um, I, you know, as a, I enjoy working with Simon as a partner because he's very quick. So that allows us to try things that are challenging because I know that um, he can get me out of it if I, if it's not working. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, then there's the obvious like, you know, catharticism that comes from pain and then the release, you know, tension and then the release that Simon's speaking about. Um, so it, for me is a very enjoyable um, thing. I also am very attracted to challenge. So there's like an element of many elements of challenge. Um, I would also say there are like, there are different styles. So there's rope that is specifically made to inflict pain. Torture rope. Like yeah. torture rope. Yeah. And then there are ways you can suspend someone with a lot of uplines, a lot of support that is way more or way less painful, more like easier to be in, I guess. So it always depends what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But like for photo shoots, a lot of stuff that looks spectacular is probably the more painful stuff because 
yeah when you're just on one limb like just one line up you have all your weight like on your ankle it's going to be painful sure with the when someone's watching one of your performances what are the things that they should take away from it what kind of how would they evaluate the performance how would they uh best enjoy it well i guess i would like them to go away from it to see that it is a mutual thing it's not like the rigor like imposing their will like on someone who cannot like doesn't have a say in it Mm -hmm. like i see it more as a like a conversation between me and the person i'm tying and what we are doing and i would also wish they come away and see the beauty of it because there's sometimes there's like bdsm there's a stigma around it like oh it's violent and it's non-consensual someone imposing the will on the other person and yeah i want them to see the beauty and the, the, also the emotional beauty in what we are doing um, and uh, just beauty itself yeah that's great i love that the emotional beauty of what you're doing that's such a wonderful way to put that um when uh you're doing the show uh in a few weeks do you already have a plan in mind as to what uh you're going to be showcasing there um not specifically i think i mean a lot of what i'm doing is kind of like it develops in the while while we are doing it sort of improvisational yeah like we have a certain like thing in mind like that's what we are going to do but as i said it, it to some degree it is like a a conversation and when you realize okay this is more the mood today then we do stuff a little bit differently but i think we will definitely get together and practice some stuff think about it um but we don't have a strict plan in mind yet okay so in uh your past experience have you ever had any performances that were particularly good or particularly bad that stood out in your mind so like one thing that happens uh, pretty regularly is when I perform at uh, at parties and clubs is that I have to tie in places like in in like very crowded places or very dark places where I can barely see mm-hmm. like what I'm doing which can be challenging I would not say it's a bad experience or anything but it's a challenge to uh, to do that and I guess on the positive side like I really enjoyed like during my rope journey like I guess at the beginning you always like you learn from other people what to do and you it's kind of like drawing by numbers so you do the same thing that someone taught you and once I reached a point where I could actually come up with my own like transitions and I could do it in a confident way and I knew okay I created this and it actually works that's very fulfilling and yeah, also the more like planned stuff that we did, like with uh, the House of Red Velvet, when it's like very specific, okay, this and this has to happen. And when it then actually happens, it's, <laughs> it's good. Like, okay, I did not mess up. Yeah, so true. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And then you had a story about having to be tied in the dark, right? Oh, no, I was just, uh, I mean, Simon literally tied me in the dark uh, two nights ago. Um, and it, you asked earlier, you were like, what would you like the audience to take away, you know, from these performances? And that was one of the 
main feedbacks we got was people were like, how did you do that? How did you tire in <laughs> complete dark? But it, but it was also, um, you know, once again, like challenging. I mean, not for me. I just got to like lay there and enjoy it. Um, but um, I, you know, I, he was using his body a lot more because what else, how else can you do when you can't see? Um, so it was nice to like have a more like physical connection um, then when we do, would do like a typical suspension, um, scene, I mean, this was like, yeah, of course, like it's floor rope that's going to happen anyways. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just interesting to see, um, how you overcome those challenges and, um, in a performance space. It was not supposed to be a performance actually, but it t- no, fully, it fully wound up one. being a performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are some of the more unusual, uh, types of things that you've created as part of your either performances or just for fun, like clothing or different things like that or suspensions? What, what, what kind of things have you made? Um, I guess it's difficult to describe without like a picture. Like mm-hmm. I think like we specifically, we, uh, we did some like very minimal rope with like just something like from one arm and one leg. Like, yeah, we tried to push like, how crazy can we go and how little can we do so that's always interesting and also like the more i would not say traditional but the more common like positions um in shibari are well they are the positions that they are but like when i work with very like flexible models like yale is very flexible you can do like things that are not possible with uh, most people mm-hmm. and it changes the the dynamic of the rope and where you have to pull the tension and it's like a new level to learn like how to tie with different bodies and how to create shapes with uh, the different capabilities of the people you work with so that's always very enjoyable yeah. that's cool I, I saw in some of the things that you've created in the past where you've made like webs out of the rope or yes. frames things like that are there other kind of um not even necessarily tying a person but just sort of three-dimensional art that you've made in that way yes so i'm doing this uh like rope webs as well it's it's a style that uh hachime kinoko came up um from japan and he made this like huge installations with rope and i mean he tied up houses he tied up like boulders and everything and so he calls it Amiyami. And when I took a workshop with him, like he, t- he was teaching it. So I started to do this as well because it's kind of, yeah, it's a different approach to rope. Like it's not necessarily just to tie up a person, but it's to express yourself just with the rope and uh, to also show the, the beauty of the rope itself, the tension and the stuff that you can create. And yeah, I really love to incorporate these two worlds of like creating like a rope environment that you're in and then tying the person to it. Like it adds another level. And like most of the stuff I'm doing, I'm trying to keep super simple and, you know, just shooting with one light, keeping it black and white, no costumes or anything, just like rope and skin. But then when you add more rope with like a web or something, it it creates more structure and it makes it sometimes more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that dovetails kind of nicely with 
many of the themes of the show itself where we're trying to sort of separate in people's minds the idea that nudity and sex are the same thing because a lot of this is just art you know you're talking about tying up houses and boulders and stuff nothing inherently sexual about that (laughs) it's really just the creation this art this you know it's obviously very close some people may have um certain sexual feelings about some of these things but overall it's just an art form yeah i mean i agree to some extent like i think a lot of people would agree with you like to me as i said it's it started as a sexual thing and for me rope bondage is like i'm a rope fetishist it's like somehow tied to sexuality but not i don't mean sexuality with uh, penetration or anything mm-hmm. it's just it's a certain intimate space where i go that is inherently like bound to to the rope when i'm doing it and at the end like japanese rope bondage it's a bdsm practice like in the core i feel like it's a sexual practice and i feel like over the last couple of years especially with like instagram it because i would not say sanitized but a lot of people try to take like this sexual thing out of it and just say hey it's just another art and I feel like, yes, you can treat it as that, but in the base, like the core of it is still BDSM play, I think. So a lot of it's what the viewer brings to it or the person experiencing it brings to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, All right. Well, do you guys have any projects coming up or anything that you'd like to promote or anything? Well, we do this aristocratic thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like other than that, uh, no, I don't have anything big coming up. Then. No, actually nothing right now. Um, we're just kind of starting to plan the year, actually. Um, so um, looking forward to some of the other opportunities that will come our way. But yeah, everyone's budgets are resetting currently. <laughs> <laughs> out so uh, everybody should check out your socials and yes, uh, make sure yes, they're following please. you for Absolutely. upcoming projects. Yeah. Try cool. to post as much as we can. Um Maybe we'll make some cool art in the meantime. Yeah, and we'll try to put all that into the description of the, uh, yep. the podcast. I'm uh, 10 Inch Yales on Instagram. Simon. I'm a parasite underscore pictures. Cool. Cool name. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for being here. I really appreciate it. And um, with that, we'll uh, call it a day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good one.